0: But you just have to know what your own thresholds are and don't put yourself in a hole like, you know, when you're in a personal hole and you know when you're not and you can't use that as an excuse and you can't hide in shame.
1: Season three of the badass roadmap. I'm Mads.
2: And I'm Jess. This is a podcast for creative business owners. It's your guide for running your business, being a creative, and living a kick-ass life.
1: Today we're talking with Caroline Lampinen. She's a small human with a trendy but nevertheless deep authentic love for the color pink with two dogs, a partner of five years, and a sick studio in walking distance of her home in Pigtown, Baltimore. An on-again-off-again distance runner with a background in education and nonprofits currently running the business okay, Everything and feeling like a newborn babe with wild opportunity and the transition to self-employment. Welcome.
2: Hi, Caroline.
1: Hi. uh, Hello.
2: Hello. I love that bio.
1: It's a good bio. Thank you.
0: I'm like, oh, is this very long?
2: (laughs) It's weird weird to hear it read back to me, but thanks. Yeah.
0: Right? There are
2: many use cases where you're reading it it's more like written out yeah
1: yeah it felt long but or like someone else is reading it and you're hearing it Mm -hmm. and I'm always kind of like surprised I'm like oh did I say that is that that's about (laughs) me I'm
0: like like, I don't remember writing this but it's all accurate yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly you like you don't
1: remember writing it but you're like all of those things are true so I guess it must be about me yeah yeah right (laughs) yeah it's great
2: uh, let's get into some fun, like, opener questions so yes. we get a little comfortable. So, where are you based?
0: Baltimore, Maryland, Pigtown specifically.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to go into why it's called
1: Pigtown? Cause I think yeah, called. I don't know. Tell me.
0: I, I I have heard a number of different stories, I feel like, but the main one is, like, there's a, there are railroad tracks that go through here, and pigs I've heard that pigs were on the trains to come here to be slaughtered, but I've also mm. heard that they were on their way to do something to do with sewage. I don't know. I think it's the slaughtering. I think oh. they came here to be well, killed.
2: I didn't mean to bring that up.
0: So, <laughs> so I just I
2: know that they <laughs> still do stuff with pigs. Right? Like there's really cute like pig races. Yeah, now
0: we I mean it was National but Pig Day now it's this cute. past Saturday. I went
2: over there and, yes. and I saw
0: Brandon Scott hanging with the pigs, you know, it was a good, I pet a couple. I pet the oldest pig from the sanctuary. Yeah. So now everything (laughs) is themed pink and everything is themed pigs, but it, it has a, Mm -hmm slightly morbid Darkest.
1: history of why. Yeah. I mean like most Matt? things, honestly, let's be for real. Most things yes. have a slightly morbid history and then we kind of like co opt them and we're like, let's make this cute. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm also like here I am loving my neighborhood and maybe being uninformed. Like if Maintown if if Pigtown Main Street hears this and they come after me. I'm going to be really sad.
1: They're our number one listener. You're in big trouble right
0: now. No, I'm telling you, they're so great. Okay, let me, Pigtown is incredible. It's so small. It's a wonderful tiny neighborhood, but I will not be surprised, Don or Kim, if anybody from Pigtown Main Street listens to this, I wouldn't be surprised because they're that wonderful and supportive. (laughs) Truly. They're great.
2: I love it. I love that you've like ingrained yourself as part of that. Neighborhood too, because I think that that is the beauty of cities. Yeah, city
1: living is you're yeah. like this is my hood yeah. right in here. Yeah, and remind me, how long have you been in in Baltimore or Pigtown specifically? Because you were somewhere else before this, right? Oh like yeah, a long I've been, time.
0: I've been a number of places before this. Yes, I've I've lived in uh, Baltimore for five and a half years, which means okay, I just recently surpassed that. This is the longest time I've been in one place since um high school in terms of years oh. spent in one city. Yeah, and then I've specifically been in Pigtown for three, three and a half of those years. Okay. Yeah.
2: Where'd you grow up again?
0: Michigan. Yeah. From, yeah, outside of Detroit, the suburbs, yes.
2: That's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, what does the government think you do for a living?
0: I, this question is so interesting. I've heard so many people answer it, and I'm like, does the government even know? Like my accountant, who is your accountant? Um, Wait, we all have the same accountant. We all have the same accountant. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Anna. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, is it? I don't even think it's on that form, right? I don't even know if they know. But I. But you know, painter. Yeah. I think most. I think it's like mm. under the category of commercial painter because that's the closest thing. Or yeah. like self-employed person.
1: Yeah. I think.
2: Mm-mm.
1: It's not a tr- it's right. not a trick question. It's just I like know, a... It's, just- <laughs> like-
2: it's Madeline being clever. I love it. Is what it is. I love it. I and, it and everyone's answer is so interesting. But almost everyone has been like, I don't know. Yeah. What they, like what they did. Like, like they which know. government?
0: Like the Maryland <laughs> government when I
2: did my DBA? I don't know. Like my, yeah.
0: Yeah. Painter, I think.
2: Uh, what's your favorite road trip snack?
0: So, okay, I am the I'm an incredibly inconsistent person. So when you pigeonhole me into a question like this, I really struggle. So what I will say is there is no consistency at all. Okay, often okay Twizzlers, sometimes pretzels, sometimes pistachios, sometimes yogurt, sometimes a string cheese. I don't. I am very inconsistent all of the time. So.
2: That's fair. Yeah. You got to do what works for you. Not beef
0: jerky. I'm a vegetarian, so no meat. Oh, okay. I can okay. tell you that. Okay.
2: Okay. Hey, if anyone's going to live in Pigtown, <laughs> no. at least i <laughs> Well played. Well played. I love the pigs. <laughs> um... Okay, so I know that you you and Madeline met last fall mm-hmm. on a mural. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you. Mm-hmm. You all helped me. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but we met a few years prior, I oh. think through Instagram. Yeah. So we didn't meet in person, I'm but like, we met, met. Yeah. over Zoom. Quote, unquote, yes. met. We had a conversation. Existed
0: in the same universe. Yes. When,
2: when you were still at the nonprofit, and I remember you were trying to oh, get out on your own. Yes, remember that now. We yeah.
0: formally yeah. met as a yeah, consult we... call. Yes, I distinctly yes. remember where I, I do remember this. Yeah,
2: it was twenty twenty. Yeah, it was I pandemic.
0: Talked times, about though. enneagrams. Yeah, I I do, and then I listened to like <laughs> yeah, ten Yeah, what's your podcasts. enneagram? My enneagram is eight. And I'm like, ah. it's pretty accurate. <laughs> <how> I, was, <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday. I'm like, how do you, I don't know how you feel about any of but I feel like it's relevant to this conversation. Right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a fun conversation, but I remember that you were like this, you know, it was before you went out on your own and yeah, I don't know. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's
0: wild to think about. I was like, Caroline was uh, struggling. My my last W-2 job was for a, a big nonprofit in Baltimore City, working with young people, being in education, which I had been doing for about 10 years. Um, Had been doing very little artwork during that time and saw you out in the world. You were doing your mural course. And I was like, this might be the thing I need to like, Change my trajectory and do all this stuff, and I was like, I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if I like, but I feel like I need a launching pad. And our conversation was so helpful. I remember it just being like, was probably like a first little poke of a ray of light into where I am now. But I was like, listen, I need to buy this house. Like, I can't. I remember (laughs) I was was in the rental, and I was like, I can't do this until until I have a a house purchased. Um. Mm -hmm. And that, but that was when I think I had been putting a lot of feelers out into the world of like different things I thought I was going to end up doing. And your course really had me start to much more seriously consider muraling as a profession, which is not all of what I do right now, but it really, it made it feel a lot more realistic and a lot more feasible just to see somebody out there that like seemed kind of similar to me. And that was successful in the world. Yeah. And then I got to know you and look at us now.
2: (laughs) Look at us now. <laughs> Which we kind of cuz you you went off on your own creative journey. Yeah. And we kind of lost touch and then we reconnected last summer. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. When you and your business bestie, I don't know what do you all call each other.
0: Oh, so many things. The Kate's favorite <laughs> phrase
2: is art soulmates. That is <laughs> oh.
0: That is one we have used frequently. Yeah, but mm-hmm. many you know, my bud, I like to call her my coworker, like, cause mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have any, but she, if I yeah. did, it's, it's her anytime I work with anybody, it's, it's usually Kate shout out to yeah.
2: Kate. <laughs> yes. Um, Kate is also a wonderful, talented muralist with a unique story too. Yeah. Um, but I admire you all's relationship in business so much because I know that it can be so difficult when we do run our own businesses to find someone who like matches us so well. And it's interesting cause you two are kind of opposites in oh, yeah. so many ways. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, which we all, <laughs> so like anytime we do a project, we always at the end of it, well really all the time throughout the whole thing, but especially at the end of it, we spend a very long time just talking about how much we love each other and all of the ways <laughs> that the project almost went sideways but one person's weakness balanced the other person's strength. And then, and it's always, we always have multiple examples of that in, in all directions. Like it always feels really, really balanced, really, really even because we, yeah, we are very, very different. Our styles are really different. Our like artistic styles our working styles, the way we see the world, like our orientation. And that like, because of that, I constantly tell her like, anytime we do something together, the whole is greater than the sum of our parts always. And it's yeah. like, I don't I don't know if we're talking about the mural festival, but we're working on that tomorrow and we're like really excited <laughs> we
2: about <can>. it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I so for the people listening, I am hosting a mural festival. I think we mentioned it. Um with two other awesome muralists, and it's been a shit ton of work. Um <laughs> and such a different vibe from just running a business because it's kinda of like a nonprofit situation. But we have invited the lovely Caroline and Kate to be two of the muralists who are part of this. And I am so excited to see what you all do. And just kind of in helping make a mural festival feel much more artist first and not necessarily, I don't know, fame first. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) trying to do the mural game, uh, the mural festival game differently.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. We're, We're very, very hyped for it i yeah.
2: I hope yeah I'm excited to see what you all do with that wall because we were I was like this is a good I would like this wall I also just want my uh, I'm not going to share what the wall is but I like that location a lot yeah yeah um so so yeah so I admire the hell out of you and Kate's stuff and you guys have done a lot of murals together it's been now like a year right you're about to celebrate your one-year anniversary.
0: Yeah, yeah, in the studio. The studio, I, I've been in the studio for a full year. My business has existed for a year and a half. And Kate okay. has been such a monumental part of that experience. Like, based, if I can go into this for a minute, I was losing my mind. Like, I am somebody, when I'm having a really, really hard time, I my appetite is one of the first things to go. And... <clears throat> Um, and I, I just am like super anxious all of the time. And when Kate and I had already had a relationship and I had a, I, I had a point where I was like, Kate, like I, it was a moment, like a pit, like a, like it would be a movie scene. It's like a moment in my life that will never go anywhere. Um, where we were sitting at a bar and I was like, Kate, like I'm quitting my job. Like, I don't know if I had already put in my two weeks or what, but I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like, I truly cannot do this. I'm at my wit's end. Like I can't eat, like, I've lost all this weight, I've, like, I was in a really, really crazy place, I'm not one of those people that had money put away, and, like, prepared to make my side hustle my full-time job, like, I'm not, I do, I don't usually live my life like that, and I definitely didn't do it that way this time, um, and I was like, I'm done, I did it, I put in my tweaks, and, and we talked about it, and she was like, God, like, I don't know, I, like, I really want to do like this, too, like, we are really really on the same page in terms of what we were going through and what we wanted to do next. And she got in the car after, after this drink that we had one drink, it was not a, not a dangerous situation, <laughs> but she gets in the car and, and she immediately called her partner and was like, listen, I want to quit my job. And he was like super supportive. And then she, she went, she did it a little bit different. She like phased out of her job, but it was, so we, our entire experience, like transitioning into full-time artist. Has yeah. been very side by side, and I do, mm-hmm. I really don't know. It would have been just such a radically different experience without her. Like, for it was wild. Like, it's been so so nice to have somebody to bounce so many things off of, and then add on top of that. Like, not only are we walking the same path, but our skill sets and our interests being so radically complementary. Um, mm-hmm. like the bait to put a little bit of like insight to that it's like if you were to describe me as an artist it's largely process oriented improvisational like I do I don't like to plan in advance I hate that like I really like doing a lot on the spot and Mm she is the type of artist that she likes to have a printout of what the thing's Mm going to look like because she designed it so well and she likes to do the thing where you hold it in front and then you move it down and they look identical and I'm like Mm -hmm. Never would I do that, but we. But <laughs> well, when you put that together, it means that we just like it's a it's a magical situation. So, yes,
2: I think something too you all have talked about is just how well you communicate. Yeah, and I know <laughs> how important that is. Where you all aren't scared to like call each other out. Yeah, or say, hey, I wasn't happy with this. And I think that me personally, as a people pleaser is so hard to do mm-hmm. and it's why i've struggled personally with like setting boundaries in business for so long across with clients with assistants like all of the stuff um yeah i don't know madeline can you relate to that too
1: i was gonna say um as caroline is describing it it sounds like uh you and me it sounds almost identical a little
2: bit a little i think bit it is more... yeah. processes. yeah 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 because i think madeline you're more of an illustrator We've talked about this. I don't think that's true.
1: I think you're more. On illustrator. I think you have
2: illustration <laughs> vibes to me, and I'm like all designer.
1: Oh, okay. In that regard, in that, in that regard, sure. Yeah, yeah like I like I like drawing Brain. my letters a little bit more. Yeah, but I think that's also. I mean, I think that's kind of like the impro- improvisational vibe that you were talking about, Caroline. Like I like to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, see a space and and a adapt the design to fill the space rather than having a design and working backwards and and having it fill the space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even as far, I'm, I'm just like you have, like, I always
1: 1000% of the time would rather hand draw
0: anything than get a font or like Kate's always like importing a font into procreate. And I'm like, I literally, I've been doing this (laughs) for a year and a half. I don't, I don't know how to do it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I feel confident I could figure it out. But like, yeah, I don't, I'm like over here, like screenshotting free fonts. Don't worry. I'm not doing it illegally, but like, I don't, we're just, and I'm, and I don't know how much we want to get into the theme and everything, but I feel like this is a good, um, segue. Uh, like I'm a trained graphic designer. Like I went, my undergrad is a BFA in graphic design. And I think that is an enormous reason. And the trauma, the trauma of that, that degree is a huge reason why I'm like, uh, like, when I, I graduated, my hard drive froze and my computer crashed within like three weeks. And, and my external hard drive, I lost somewhere in school, like no idea where any of that is. So the only the literal only evidence I have of my entire undergraduate program is a physical printed moldy portfolio in my basement right now. That's it. And I was like, good Riddance. Like, I'm so glad. And and it's just like hard left, like hard, hard left away Mm -hmm. from the design experience because it was so challenging for me. And I love it. And now I'm like, I'm glad all this hand drawn stuff is trendy. And like, it's just, Mm -hmm. and I like organic, I don't know. Like, we have plenty of things making, we have plenty of machines, we have plenty of AI. Mm -hmm. You can't really recreate a, a human being doing the thing, you know?
2: Yeah, Agreed. there's totally space for all of us. Yeah, you know, exactly. All our different styles and stuff. Yes. And I, I'm, yeah, so sad to hear about the trauma of graphic design school. <laughs> and also, I do understand <laughs> it is a lot of, like, I love, I did like my experience, but I feel like design has, uh, the people who go towards design have their own unique set of issues yep. <laughs> that they are, like, resolving, and then it perpetuates them. Um, like, perfectionism, I think, is one. So mm-hmm. so what was your, your hard left? Tell us a little bit about that journey before you got into running a business for yourself.
0: So I studied graphic design. A huge reason I went into graphic design is also, like, I entered school as a business major based on advice from my, my sister and my mom. I lasted one week and then I dropped every single business class and then I ended up I took a single art class and that art class turned into becoming an art major and once I was in the art program my mom was like what one will make you any money like Mm -hmm. please please can you support yourself after this and and it was like graphic design was the most competitive it was you know you fancy Mac like all this stuff so like I entered that program by the end of it it was so 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 challenging first my mom died my last year of undergrad and that was traumatic and the way that my professors responded to me during that was really less than ideal most of them not all of them and then i had to like fight tooth and nail to even get my degree by the end of it I was like I, it was just traumatizing and yeah. along the way so I'm, uh, I'm not like this anymore, I don't think, but I used to be very, very overachiever. So I had an internship every single summer of undergrad in a bunch of different places doing different things. And one of those internships was for Teach for America. I knew a couple of friends that had done that. And after that internship, I applied. I have a lot of mixed feelings about TFA now, but by the end of my program, I knew I was going to the South to be a teacher. I didn't know what I was going to teach. Pretty certain it wasn't going to be art. But I knew I was going to be a teacher for this program, which at the time was super duper competitive and like kind of prestigious, which was also part of the overachiever in me. Um, and my professors knew, and I really felt like as soon as they knew, they wrote me off and they like did everything they could to just get in my way. <laughs> um, so I went to Arkansas and I taught sixth graders in a town of 3,000 people. And education is very all consuming by itself, but ad being part of an alternative certification. Program and like all the expectations from Teacher America, and then on top of that, living in a wildly rural community, I was just like laser focused education for almost a full decade, where I did zero art. Like I, I truly cannot remember a single piece of art that I did during that time. I crocheted a lot, but <laughs> I did nothing physical. Like that's I, art. I know it. Is. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it. But it was like not not even remotely similar to what I'm doing now at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was the hard left. And then there was another hard left back in. Do you wanna <laughs> you wanna hear this story too? Okay, so I moved yeah, to Baltimore. Yeah, Obviously. <laughs> I was like I don't know. So I went from Arkansas to Denver, again started to lose my mind in Denver. Super, super anxious. It was the only time I was medicated for anxiety is because I just like really could not handle living in Denver, which I know is not what most people say, Madeline. I'm like, I feel like you probably love Denver. I
1: No, I actually no? don't like Denver. I mean I, I like visiting, but I, I feel similarly and I I work in outdoors and so yeah. like everyone's like, gotta to get to Denver and they're like, Don't you want to go to Denver? And I'm like, there's something about it. It kind of it it's kind of a weird city. It's on like the that plateau. Yes. It's not actually near the mountains. Like I it's yeah, yeah it's it's, a it's weird not place. as
2: close. I literally, since I was 18, I was like, I'm moving to Denver. I'm moving to Denver. I wanted
0: to go to college.
2: I was like, all this. I was like, I'm moving to Denver. We finally made it to, I've been to Denver to get to Breckenridge, which is a ski town, which is Mm -hmm. gorgeous and like a little snow globe. Uh, And we finally went in 2021 and I was like, I don't want to move here. (laughs) It was too big. It was too big and it was too brown, like dry and brown and deserty. And I was thinking I'd only seen it in the winter. Yeah. Mm. And so I was like, Oh, where's this? Like, where? Yeah. <laughs> but people love Denver who live there. Right. Which is the yeah. same thing yeah. about Baltimore, right? Like right. people who like, yes. once they settle. Like, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's exactly it. Like I got there and I knew very quickly that it is not where I wanted to be for a long time. And I was there for a fellowship. Mm. So I didn't, it was a 10 month fellowship mm. and I'm like, I'm going to finish the fellowship. It was for Denver public schools. I did that. But by the end of it, I really thought something was going to just land in my lap because that's how a lot of my life has existed. And just Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing happened. Like nothing happened. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was super duper anxious. I moved into my aunt's basement in Michigan, which was a really, she kept trying to get me to be a substitute teacher. And I was like, listen, no, (laughs) no. Um, And finally I was, I I decided I was going to move to Detroit. I was like, I have people there. It's going to be terrible because I hate the snow, but, like, it's a cool, artsy place. Like, I know I'm going to be fine. And I was like, let me do one trip to the East Coast before I settle in Detroit and get some, like, regular job. Who knows? And I met up with a friend in D.C. And he – I've known him since I was, like, 12. He's a great dude. Shout out to Alex Tiku, And he was like, Caroline, don't move to Detroit. Move to Baltimore. And I had been here one time for three hours for an art show. And that was it. And I was like, great idea. Okay. And so I just like packed up my car <laughs> and moved here. And the second job I got, the first job was like two weeks. It doesn't count. But the, the second job I got in the city was working for a bowling alley. And mm. it, yeah, it was, it's Mustang alleys, if anybody knows. And yeah. Yeah. they had this big chalkboard on the wall that was always empty. There was nothing, anything on it. And I was both a server and Um, a scheduler so I'd be in the back office calling and like making bookings for the bowling alley during the day and then I would serve in the evenings and like do a mix of that during the week and finally one day I went to the manager I was like listen can I can I draw on that chalkboard like do do we even have specials here if we do can I just draw them for you and he was like yeah these chalkboards were so bad they were so (laughs) bad but that was like the beginning of what got me to where I am now it was like it was so low stakes. It had nothing to do yeah. with anything. I was always on a time, you know, there was a set menu. It was all lettering, which I loved. And it just, that was the environment that got me to slowly get back into doing the things that actually bring me joy. And then, you know, I walked I walked the road, did, did a bunch of random stuff, but that's essentially what I'm doing now, full time. Wow.
2: That's so cool.
1: I know. I love that. I love how the things that are supposed to like come around they will if you give them like time and space I think if mm-hmm. you like get on this track and you're like I'm gonna be an educator or like this is the only thing or like if you I don't know if you just kind of get so so stuck and set on this track of like well you know this is the safest option or whatever and you don't like leave room for the other stuff to kind of creep back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do, if you leave that room, it will kind of, like, find its way and circle back around. Yeah.
2: Um, okay, I want to talk about <laughs> my favorite subject, money. Yay! And how transparent you have been with it. I love talking about money. And kind of, like, yeah, like, how how that's been going. Um, tell the people about your your blog and your Medium article. I
0: love, yeah, so... Yeah, like like you, Jess, I, I'm i really into money. I'm really into talking about money. I really, I can't say I hate capitalism. I'm just hyper aware of it. And I'm like, all right, if we're in this system, we're going to, we're, I'm just in this system. And I, there's so much information I wish I had 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like that I didn't have. And I want to do anything I can to share a, how possible, like probably one of the most surprising things about going full-time I I like hate to say this I whisper it because I'm I it was fairly easy for me which I don't think is the case for a lot of people and it's not like I'm making a ton of money but it was very surprising to me I I, you know I have struggles but I think mental health wise it was the best decision I've made in the last 10 years and like joy wise and financially I'm not nearly where I was when I was at my w-2 job but I am fine. And part of that was staying at the W-2 job long enough to buy a house because my mortgage is way less than my rent is or it would be to rent this size house in Baltimore. Um, So I really believe in sharing that. I'm like any of my friends, once they tell me that they really like a city, I'm like, buy a house. Like buy or house houseboat, you know, <laughs> Madeline, like buy, buy a place that you want to live where you can, for me, guarantee knowing what my expenses are, are, are also, that's also a big part of why I knew I could quit my job is because mm-hmm. I knew my expenses weren't going to change dramatically anytime soon, unless I choose to make them change. So I'm always preaching buying homes. I'm always preaching like investing or doing now the thing I finally did for myself is um opening not one, but three high yield savings accounts <laughs> because I really love siphoning my money. Like I'm somebody that like, I can't have it all in one place because then I think I have that much, but I'm like, no, yeah. emergency mm-hmm, savings, mm-hmm. regular savings, travel savings, like all the things. Um So, and then where I am in terms of my business, it's like I want to be hyper, hyper transparent, but I'm still, I also have some big commercial clients and I truthfully don't want, I don't want clients to know that they're my biggest invoice I've ever had. I don't, I don't <laughs> want clients to, you know, like I want my peers to know that and I want anybody um, coming into this world to know that. And I'm very open about invoices and stuff, but I'm also, I've had my blog bite me before, before I was a business owner, I had a fellowship at, I'm going to, at the Walters art museum here in Baltimore and I applied for a full time management job. And one of my blog posts was about how racist, um, museums are just period which is like a known fact but I use my personal experience and my name is on my blog and in my interview I got the interview for this job but in the interview she was like so like how do you think you would approach having this blog and working here and like balancing being critical with not and I'm like I don't even know how I answered but yeah it came back I mean and like that is who I am that's what I'm always going to be hyper transparent I sometimes have a reputation of being too transparent but I think that's a matter of choice and that's why I work for myself (laughs) so yeah I love talking about money I think like you said earlier just like there's plenty to go around there's plenty for all of us and that is a lesson that I had to learn and that now I deeply believe in and that the Baltimore community slash DC the DMV community really taught me because of people like you like really letting me in and teaching me and being willing to be transparent yourself like it's been invaluable to do that (laughs)
2: I, yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. I love that there are more people like us kind of becoming yeah. a part of these communities, too. Because I think, like, of course, we can't have this conversation without talking about, like, the starving artist mentality, yeah. right? And as artists, they're just like, well, you love doing what you do, right? So why would you charge money for it? And it's like, bro, like, that's not, that is not, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited because uh, you and I are going to start reading, or we're reading the Financial Feminist book yep. by Tori Dunlap. Mm-hmm. I think you're familiar with her, Madeline, her first 100K. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk to you about that once I finish it, which I'm taking my sweet-ass time with it. But <laughs> it's very good. So am I now, too. It's so good. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's also interesting –
0: I mean, I'm in a place right now with 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 Tori as if we're buds of like <laughs> being I really like something really resonating and loving it as a tool, but also being really critical. And like one of the things somebody sent me a post on social media yesterday about how SoFi, which is the bank that she like really gets every I'm sure she has a partnership. She really touts about Uh-oh. SoFi. Number one, if you don't have direct deposit going into there, you can't get the interest rate. Yep. Yo. Don't get me started. But number two, they are fighting against student loan forgiveness. They're actively fighting the legislature right now. They're fighting Biden. And that's the post that was sent to me. I was like, SoFi is not for, mm. you know. But then also, I mean, that was a very left social media post because then there were people in the comments being like, my rate with SoFi is way less than any other rate with any other loan company. Like, there's always two sides. But I think just like anybody that's that huge reading and listening with a critical lens is just what you have to do and figure out what's, what's best for you.
2: Totally. I think we've talked on this podcast about like, um, people being put on pedestals and cancel culture and like how easy it is. Yeah. Right. Like, and if you're not just treating them as like, Hey, they're humans too. Exactly. Like, yeah, they're not, that's their opinion. At the end of the day, a lot of stuff is still opinion, even if it's backed by facts.
0: Right. Um, I'm so glad Tori is it. I'm like excited to finish the book oh, and I think God. it's very useful, yes. helpful information. I already know who I'm gonna give my book to when I'm done reading it. So it's <laughs> good. Oh, yeah.
2: I love that. Um I also have to say her podcast is really good too, and I feel like it's a great starting point for a lot of people who don't know where to start with money mm-hmm. at all personally or professionally. Um But yeah, no, it's your blogs. Like when I first saw you posted something of your breakdown, I think by the year. And I know Mm -hmm. you've been doing this for a while, but that was the first one I saw. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I was like, this is so good. I was so excited because I feel like whenever I do that kind of stuff, I'm doing it as a pricing coach. And while I started doing it as a designer muralist, I feel like I don't see a lot of people doing it. And it's taken like the past like two or three years, like the pandemic, I've noticed But now I'm seeing tons of people do it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of more people do it with percentages than like legit numbers, which is fine to each their own. Um, But I love when I see legit numbers and I'm like, yes, okay, this is so interesting. And it just highlights that everyone's on their own journey. Right. You know, like what, what is working for you is not going to work for me. Right. Like I don't wanna do chalkboards. I think they're beautiful and I'm gonna recommend you every single time I I recommended you for (laughs) window lettering and chalkboards because that's just not my forte. Mm -hmm. That's not how I wanna make my money, you know? Yeah. I also I worked at Whole Foods for a while, so I feel like I
0: You got it out of your system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Although talk about evolution and looking back at some of your previous work
0: oh my gosh! I don't
2: know if you've looked back like and I'm like wow I remember the first thing I drew was like a cup of spaghetti and I was like (laughs) okay I was like I would never even try this yeah that sounds like like I never
0: (laughs) want to do just never
2: (laughs) no I mean you know when your salary when you're working at a a, restaurant a grocery store Right. They need a they need a piece of spaghetti on the sign to sell it, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know who would be good at that is Kate. That's like (laughs) (laughs) like she can draw she yeah, where it's like a similar conversation with Illustrator versus not, but I feel like she's really good at that stuff. And I'm like, listen, I can't. Like just let me write, let me draw the word spaghetti. I don't want to draw the actual (laughs) spaghetti. But also spaghetti Um, restaurants, I will work for you, don't worry.
1: You know what I find interesting about uh, your business is that you have, you mentioned it's been a year and a half, right? Yes. That you've been in business. I find it super interesting the way you run your business, the way you show up online, (laughs) because you would think that you've been doing this for much longer. (laughs) Like sharing your, sharing, and like I, I would think that you and I have been doing business about the same amount of time. Like. I remember hearing that that you like hadn't been doing it all that long, and I was super surprised by that. And I feel like you have a lot of, maybe not all, because running your own business is an ever evolving thing. But I feel like you have a lot of stuff figured out for somebody who's in their first year. I know Jess and I have talked about this. I've talked with other businesses own business owners about this. That your first year, you're just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall, and you don't really mm-hmm. know what's going to stick, like spaghetti. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <way> to tie <laughs> that in. <laughs>
1: um. And and uh, I remember seeing that. Um. I think it's interesting that Jess brought up your pricing transparency because I remember seeing that and thinking I have no fucking clue what my percentages are and mm. I can't compare it. I mean, year over year, it's it's looked different every year, and so I probably could do a breakdown. Yeah. But. My first year, I don't think I could have done it. I would have been like, I don't know. I got enough money to pay my rent. I kind of like, the money came from somewhere. I don't know where it came from. I'm just trying to survive. And so I thought that was really cool that you made an effort After your first year or first year and a half, to share that information, and you've done a lot of stuff in terms of like products and how you show up on social media, and you're throwing this first birthday party at the end of April.
0: Yes, yeah, April twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That we're very excited about. Four twenty. I. Four twenty.
0: I'm trying to intentionally say April. 20th. If you show up a little bit not sober, that's fine, but it is not a 420th
2: party. Well, don't worry. I'll show up sober. Yeah. I've
0: I've been very, if you look at all of my promotions, they all say the word April because as soon as I realized that, I was like,
1: (sighs) (laughs) well, now I'm not going to forget what day it is again. I knew it was like in that range, but I didn't know what day.
0: you know, and it ends at eight. So if you, yeah, but I'm, yes, yes. It's, it's on four,
1: 420, 420. April 20th. Okay. So all that to say, how, how did that come about? Like, was that an intentional choice? Um, I think you've mentioned that your background in working for nonprofits informed a lot of how you run yeah. your business. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you kind of like reach that conclusion that you were like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to run a business. Whereas I feel like a lot of us, our first year, we just kind of showed up and we're like, I'm here. I don't know what's happening. Right. Yeah. I'm so
0: I love this. First of all, thank you for pointing this out. This is the most (laughs) affirming conversation. I am so (laughs) grateful. And it is, it's This is the thing that like when I whisper that my first year was easy, I think what's so embedded in that is all of my previous experience of things being very, very hard in very different places. And what I realized, so along the way, I realized the smaller the organization that I work for, the happier that I am. I am very much somebody that likes to do a little bit of everything all the time. Being a classroom teacher, the hardest thing for me was having to be in one room all day living life. By bells, I could. That is wild to me. It's so against my nature. Like I wake up at a different time every day. I do. I'm just a very inconsistent person, um, a very varied person. Like it's not a negative thing. It took me a while to realize that's not a bad thing. And so by doing that, I have always flocked to opportunities where I do a lot of building totally on my own. So even if I'm in an organization, I've been responsible. There was a time when I was a teenager. I might have been an undergrad by then. I'm not sure. But I distinctly remember a conversation with my dad in my kitchen where he's like, Caroline, one day you're going to walk into a business and you're going to write your own job description. And I and it was like I was like, cool. okay." you know, I'm like a teenager whatever. And that happened to me when I was in Arkansas. When I left teaching, I, I had done a summer a summer job and it was very obvious that they needed a full-time person to do this job. And I wrote a proposal. I was like, Hey, this is the job you need to hire me to do. This is what is entailed in it. And they hired me and they like, they were like, yep, you're right. Here you go. Um, and that job was very much a building job. It was the, it was a startup essentially. And I was in charge of all the, um, like a lot of the internal stuff for this startup education system. And that translates very, and also like I started my own business when I was, 34, I guess. Yes, I had my birthday this year. So, like, I think (laughs) being the age that I am just and having so much professional experience and a lot of leadership roles and a lot of designing, not designing like graphic design, but just designing what a thing needs to look like gave me so much business sense that Mm -hmm. the more I'm in this world and the more I see other people doing it, the more I realize how much of a skill I have developed. And I, like, I had people hire me to be a business consultant before I had my own business. And I was like, you're crazy. Like it's a friend of mine that did this. And she hired me repeatedly and she was like, you don't understand how valuable your coaching is. Like, you don't. And I was like, (laughs) no, this is weird, but okay. Like I'm, I'm willing to do it. Um, But now going into it and and running into people who are six months in and don't have accounting or, or like I have a, a, like people who are a year in and haven't put any money away for taxes really made me realize that like I as much as I jumped t- totally out of the pond of W2 and was like I, it felt like running out of a burning building I was like I don't know but I can't sit here I'm gonna be dead like I don't know I did as soon as I did that I was like I want all of my money to be legit I'm doing nothing under the table I invoice mm-hmm. everybody I track all of my taxes I always put 30 percent away like I want to do things very above board so that when I grow and expand which I hope I can do I'm just set up. And I also love data. I'm like, not everybody is like this, but like, I love money. I love numbers. I love spreadsheets. I love tracking. Like, I really love the business side of things. And I think that there's, there's some things that might happen in the next two years with some people that you may or may not know where like that really becomes um, what I do a little bit more of because I really, if you, if you tell me, if you give me a choice between like creating a, creating a budget for the year or designing the new mural, I might choose the budget.
1: <laughs> really? But
0: I still want to do the I mural. Love that. Yeah. Like I, I love business stuff. I really love it. And I think that that really, and then like going to social media, that's another Like I really understand how damaging social media is. I know how like wildly challenging it can be for people. And I've never felt that way. Like I don't, there's days when I'm like, Oh, look at Jess and these million huge murals she has. And like Madeline has all these denim jackets in the world and like all this stuff, but I don't usually get jealous or envy. Like I don't, I don't get down on myself in that way that I think is very easy. And like, and I, I think that's something I can see and I really value. And then I take advantage of it. Like, I'm going to put whatever in the world whenever I want, like, and I love social media and I've gotten I know both of you like through social, like I just, I get yeah. some, Kate and I met on Instagram, like there's so much value to it, but whether I have 300 followers or like 300,000, it doesn't matter to me. I think that the, what I get out of it is going to be the same no matter what. And I think there's room for all of us. So, yeah.
1: If you had to give advice to someone who is in the starting their business phase, um, what would you uh, because what if you're a person who doesn't love numbers and you don't love data what advice would you give to somebody who's getting started and they're like I want to be creative and I like want to be where you guys are but like numbers aren't quite my jam I would much rather design a mural I don't want to plan a budget for the year what sort of advice might you give to someone like that
0: I mean first I'd be like well do you want to hire me because I'll help you
2: (laughs)
1: though but I think that's I good think advice
0: that, uh, yeah like, like the outsource is, what you don't love yes that and it, and yeah. and if you don't have enough projects coming in to outsource what you need to be successful then you're probably not ready to be doing it yet like and I don't my I think my example of like what I like I say I didn't have a ton of money but like I I had enough where I would be okay with rent for a few months I am blessed enough to live with a partner I like where we split everything down the middle. Like I didn't, I didn't walk away from my job with $20,000 in credit card debt. Like I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't put myself in a, in a spot. And also I have quit every job I've ever had clearly. So like I'm very used to transitioning. So I think it's like know thyself is the number one thing. And if you have a really bad feeling that you're not going to be successful, that's probably going to happen. But if you have a feeling of like, what I've been saying since I started. So like when I got my studio, I had in cash from artwork enough money to pay six months of my studio rent. And I set it aside and I told my landlord, I will be here for six months. I will even pay up front if you want me to. But I have no idea what's going to happen after that. Like, I don't know. I just know I can afford it for this long and that's how long I'm going to try. And if my mortgage gets in the way before then, I'm going right back to work. And I told my, like, and I think that's one thing I would say is like, know what your personal benchmarks are. For me, it was... Putting money into my IRA, not a lot of money, but I was like, if I get to the point where I cannot put $100, which is not very much money, $100 in my IRA on a monthly basis, on top of my regular bills, if I can't do that anymore, I have to get a job, a job job, a W-2 job. And that has always been my benchmark. And... now I'm up to $200 a month in my IRA and I'm hoping to get to, you know, the max, (laughs) the 510 a month or whatever. One day is what I want to be able to max out my IRA. But you just have to know what your own thresholds are and don't put yourself in a hole. Like, you know, when you're in a personal hole and you know when you're not and you can't use that as an excuse and you can't hide in shame. I think the other thing is to like be really on the lookout for shame. And if you start feeling it, talk about it as soon as you possibly can and do whatever you need to do to, to not have that feeling anymore. Cause I think that's where a lot of small business owners get stuck from what I've seen. And it's like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's really, really hard. There's no template. There's no perfect way to do it. We're all individual. Like, especially if you're an artist, there's so many different ways to do it and then talk to people. That'd be the last thing. And like, cause following both of you on social media, following, talking to Kate constantly, like there are so many things that, leveled out for me because I could talk to her and we could both be like, oh, that's normal. Oh, that's not normal. Oh, you should be charging double than that. Oh, you should probably not charge that much or like whatever. Um, or like our first mural to our next mural, you know, like is wildly different numbers. Um, So many, so many things. Yeah.
2: Mm, that was That was beautiful. really beautifully said. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's always good to see, like, even if it's stuff that we've talked about before, it's always good to see people's different take like you said it in a different way than I would have ever said it than Jess would have ever said it but Mm -hmm. you were saying it and I was like yeah that makes sense that totally makes sense but like I don't know I might not think to mention like be on the lookout for shame like I know personally for myself that's a big indicator for me but I don't think I would have ever said ah I'm looking for shame I know it when I feel it yeah and that's when I'm like and now after four years of doing this I can be like hey it's not that big of a deal Somebody else has been through this. Talk to Jess. Talk to somebody else who's been through this. And like you will realize that that feeling gets smaller. But it's taken me four years to get there. So I think Mm. that was some rock star advice for for people who are new business owners.
2: I think it's interesting that you kind of came full circle from not choosing a business major to being (laughs) like really badass at business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you did it on your
2: own, but you also did it through this wild range of experience, yeah. as you've been saying. And I think that there is something in here. We can start businesses whenever we want. Mm-hmm. We can. I know a lot of people now where there are so many tools that they give you in college that you can come right out of college and you start a business. And some of those people are really successful. Mm-hmm. But I think what I've been learning from talking to more and more people is that there is some validity in going out into the world and working for other people and finding out what works for you oh, and yeah. what you don't like and being put in different situations. And to your point, being in leadership positions, I didn't really have many leadership positions. Like mine were like much more minor. And so that's something that sometimes I struggle with because it, what it's not, it's now I'm, I'm on my own. I got to figure it out mm-hmm. without anyone telling me you did a good job here, you need to improve here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool that you've put all this experience and like you did start a business in your thirties, but like, look at like, talk about shame and like to not feel the shame that if you had started in your twenties, you would not be here.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like it it would have been so different, different. but yeah, I totally agree. I think I started at the perfect time and like this and in the perfect, it took me for me being in Baltimore period is an enormous part of who I am and how comfortable I am in my skin overall, like my entire identity, not just as an artist, but like, i don't think you know butterfly effect like just none of this would have happened if i didn't land here and like whoa whoa like chilling to be yeah everything is like right time right place and and having those experiences and also that like if your experience is wildly different than mine like kate's is so different that doesn't mean she's going to be any less successful and also who's to say that her measurement of success is anything like mine like they can be wildly different and very valid no matter what. That's why, like, giving advice is so tough because it should be so individualized to whoever's asking or whatever they need because we all just are mm-hmm. wildly different people.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm, uh... I'll I'll keep an eye out for when you become a consultant or a coach. <laughs> cool time! I see it happening for you. Maybe one day. Consultant with money and. <laughs> I know that's. I mean, back before I was ever an artist, I was
0: like, you know what, my dream job would be right now is to be a grant-funded small business, like part of like an accelerator, like a one-on-one coach to get people. Ooh. But there's so much. There's so much that I don't have because it's also like starting being a startup with product-based. Is so wildly yes. different than a fine artist or a mural artist or like and scaling and production and like materials and investment capital, like all this stuff. I don't know
2: anything about any of that. We, we've we been talking about that as like service-based versus product-based because yeah. like as a coach, I only really work with service-based people. Like whenever I've tried to talk with product-based, I'm like, I, I'm not a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I can help you only to a certain extent. And, like, hearing a lot of Madeline's experience and her stories with being more of a product-based business or wanting to move in that direction and just how wildly different it is. Yeah. Like, it is a whole different
0: Yeah Yep. Product is hard. Kudos to you, Madeline. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I'm excited watching your
0: journey. It's like you have, we all have a lot to learn from you.
1: <laughs> it's been a wild ride. But its it's taken a lot of time and a lot of trial and error. But yeah, I have noticed that it's, there's overlap for sure. There's definitely Mm -hmm. overlap. And I think it was when I was learning graphic design was around the same time that I was learning hand lettering and illustration. And so those two, even though they're two kind of like very different fields, they, in my mind, they're linked because I was learning them at the same time. It feels kind of similar for service and product based because I was Mm -hmm. like working for myself doing service based projects so murals or design work while also trying to do product and it's it's, yeah it's very interesting we have an interview coming out with um claire vendetti of billy claire handmade and we talk mostly just about being a product-based business But there's still a ton of overlap like the lessons that you need um like what you just said all of your advice for small business owners are applicable to service-based and product-based
0: yeah, it's just the tools and the outcome that are, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think as creatives and artists, we have a lot of overlap in that, no matter what we're making or doing or yeah. selling. Yep. Caroline, this was such a good interview. <laughs> I, I'm i
0: flattered. <laughs> I had a great time.
2: I, I feel like I'm so much more excited to talk with you over and over. I feel like the last time that we hung out, I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much we had a comment. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was just like, it was very easy. I mean,
0: I saw it from the jump on Instagram. (laughs) I've just been waiting for you to to realize it. Jess, I've been waiting.
2: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I'm here now.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. (laughs)
2: Um, What is lighting you up this week?
0: Two things are lighting me up. One is that I just finalized that I'm spending the last week of the month in Atlanta working on a mural. Yeah. For a, for a company that's based out of Atlanta and I'm working, talk about, okay, Instagram and like, Uh doesn't matter how many followers, whatever. So there's a woman on Instagram, riverbank art studios. Her name is Bethany. Uh And we've similarly like started our businesses around the same time. She's almost exclusively a muralist um does some other stuff but largely does murals and she was doing this gig and i knew she was looking for somebody and really wanted to source locally and i was like i don't know anybody in it she's in san antonio um mm-hmm. and she was like i don't know anybody in atlanta do you and i was like no but i like very much believe in like getting the local economy da 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 and it and then it just came down to it where one day she was like literally it's like 11:30 30 p.m we're talking on instagram about how she just shattered her ipad mine has been shattered literally since I started this work and I was like I understand the pain um and she was like you don't want to go to Atlanta do you and I was like (laughs) oh boy do I like absolutely so I'm doing my first business trip um, as a muralist, oh. and I'm assisting her in Atlanta for at the end of the month. So very excited about that. It's going to be very adorable. Just wait till you see it. And then I'm also pumped that I'm going to Italy with my partner um, in at the end of April, beginning of May. And I've never been to Italy, neither has he. It's going to be amazing.
1: Right before yes. your birthday oh party, gosh. or right after your birthday party? Right after, yes. So it's going to be you leaving like the be... next day. You're like having um, a party, four. and then you're so like bye. Four days, okay. four days,
0: yeah. And then add, okay, this my. Oh, I think you're gonna get to this, so never mind. But there's another thing about the birthday party. No, go, go, go. go. So no, yeah, if you're asking me what I get to promote, I'll ask myself.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. we want to, we want yes.
0: to know. If you haven't picked it up during this interview, the thing I am promoting is that I'm having a birthday party, and the the thing that's so exciting about it is that. When you're a mirrorless, like, you know, it's hard to have a home base and like having a studio is just such a beautiful, incredible thing. I deeply love my studio because it's in Pigtown. Y'all know how much I love Pigtown. It's in this beautiful, weird, amazing historic building with a bunch of other businesses. And the thing that very few people know is that my studio is moving now. And so my birthday party is actually also going to be a reveal Of my new studio which is gonna be a fun thing yeah so I'm gonna I have a lot of work to do between now and leaving for Italy and one of those things it's on the same floor it's just in a different part Um, and it's a and it's a it's a similar size it's a very similar vibe but nobody has been there because it doesn't exist quite yet I have to move all my stuff over there it's gonna be a whole thing it's gonna be a fun couple weeks but come and see it and then the after party is at Waiko Street beer company which is on the first floor of the building their new brewery they mostly do sour beers plenty of non-alcoholic drinks for those that prefer that and um there's going to be a food truck outside too so i like to just pretend that the brewery is there just for me so we'll have this <laughs> fun party upstairs and we go hang out downstairs and support yet another brand new local business in pigtown
1: i love april it. i'm so excited Yes. When you said you were moving, I got really scared because you just did that cute little video the other day of, like, come with me on a, a day walking in my studio or something like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cute. And then you were like, I'm I'm moving. And I was like, but you can walk there. And like, I know, I'm I really know. Sad. So Truly, I'm excited I, to know it's still yeah. in the same area. Yes.
0: Finding that studio was, it, it was, again, like, right place, right time, right network, right people that I'm talking to. Like, I found the studio because of a job I applied for that I didn't get that I'm now really happy I never got. But, like, yeah. just all the things coming together. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I love, I love town. Mm-hmm. I love
2: town. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well. This was fantastic, Caroline. We can't thank you enough. You've shared so much good stuff. (laughs) So much. (laughs) And I hope everyone can make it to your birthday party, Um, myself included. 420. I'm going to
1: try.
0: 420. Thank you, Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) April 20th. (laughs) April 20th. (laughs) Yes, come and and see me. Okay, everything. There's going to be merch. It's going to be fabulous. You can RSVP Mm -hmm. on my Instagram. It's going to be great. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Of
2: course. I love you both. Oh, Aww, I love we you. love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like that wraps it up pretty nicely. So uh, yeah. until next time.
1: See you when we see you.